Hey guys, welcome back to SoFi episode 6 part 2. The topic for this episode is TikTok. We shall be starting from where we left off in the last episode in 3 2 Okay, I have one question for you Amrita. Uh, on TikTok, how do you do you think TikTok helps uh in a certain liberation of indian women because indian women historically have been very repressed yeah where their ideas have come in where uh, they haven't had a lot of platform to speak about what they feel is right or what what they are thinking about but recently even during the corona virus i've seen in the society i live in uh, my society has like 20 different up, uh, apartment buildings okay in one uh, year so when I, when i go on the terrace i've seen women uh, on opposite buildings on terraces like groups of women and all these are aunties okay they are they are recording tiktok videos for each other and they're they're just chilling and having fun and this is a kind of unprecedented access to self expression uh, which was which was not there before so do you think uh, that is all that has also helped to a certain extent yeah i think because uh, making content for tiktok doesn't seem threatening in any way to um anybody around them or you know like th- there is no reason for someone else to uh stop them from making tiktoks right and i definitely think that uh it has given a lot of women a platform to you know even if it's not expressing their opinions or what they think or you know what they're feeling just to have fun in a way that you know it's not defined right like they can just do whatever they want and it's not uh, if in their own societies it's uh, in their own communities it's not made fun of because they you know have they're just having fun with each other as you said so yeah definitely i think it's given a platform for women in india to uh, be themselves while it is a means of self expression for people as both of you have pointed out and also uh, allows women to express themselves in societies which have not traditionally allowed them to also uh, there is another point which is uh, which occurred to me right now is how we view fun for example how we view what content is good and what content is not good for example tiktok is uh, from the little that i know of is uh, based around a lot of songs and you dance to it or you sing it you uh, lip sync it and stuff like that while all the other social media is where stuff is less in the popular culture if i can put it that way like on instagram it's entirely about you right or what you can create or your face while tiktok is taking something that is already has caught the popular imagination of the world uh, like a bollywood movie or uh, like a bollywood song which resonates a lot uh, uh, in all sections of indian society and you are allowed to express yourself through that so you become part of something larger already while instagram is something far more individualistic and that also takes me back to the way china itself looks at people right people have to be part of something larger i may be over theorizing here obviously but the way i look at tiktok is it has very it does not pe- allow people to be themselves for the sake of being themselves like instagram is Instagram in that sense would be a far more narcissistic way of looking at Are it. Are you saying TikTok is While... communist propaganda? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying TikTok is more collectivist in the sense that your individual sense is it gives you an identity beyond yourself. Just say Instagram may you have an identity as only 
through how good you look or the kind of content you create or whether you can draw or shit like that. On the other hand, TikTok will allow you to express yourself as a part of a Bollywood song or, or, or a dance sequence where you are being part of something that is already popular. That is what I want to say. So you don't have to be just yourself. That, that's true, Adesh. What you're saying is something very similar to what meme culture is. Yeah, uh, it is. It is people uh, making something based off of previously uh, described context or previously established context. So, uh, which, which is very true because when you say that uh, a lot of TikTok is based on trends, like one person does something, one person comes up with some dance step and suddenly everyone's doing the same dance step. Yeah. Or one person comes up with a concept for the video and suddenly everyone's following the same concept for the video. One person comes up with something to do with changing t-shirts while powder is blowing on them and suddenly everyone is doing that. Okay, so uh, like, yeah, like it, it, it helps. I feel it helps individuals buy into a greater cultural paradigm where uh, they f- it, it, it helps to build a sense of community of sorts where, where, where there's a on like where there's an ongoing current discourse on your culture and the society you live in where you're participating every day where it's like it's like it it's what facebook aimed to be but then didn't turn out to be like a platform for community discourse but through memes and through uh pre-recorded audio and through means of cultural expression yeah because uh, you see, Facebook is based on you adding people as friends. So people you already know. TikTok is based on what is already contextual culturally, not personally about you or your friends. Which is why it allows you to be something larger. Yeah, you were saying something. Exactly. So um, things like Facebook and uh, Instagram, they're both about public image and your personal life. Like uh, you're, you're, so, you're interacting with people you're socializing with people, but you're also creating at the same time. But TikTok is not really about socializing. It's not about you, your personal life, your in, your personal info, like uh, what you like, what you don't like, but it's just about creating. So in that sense, uh, wait, yeah, that's what I, that's all I wanted to say. So, so in a way, it allows you to become something more than what you are in real life something else entirely because your personal life is something else and here you go on and you become this creator with a community around it and you feel that you are part of something larger which allows you to go away from the daily uh, tediousness of life right yeah and yeah and as even Atarva said that uh, you know talking about communities and everything uh, I actually came across this entire uh, hashtag it basically portrayed a certain community, right? A community that hasn't really been portrayed in popular culture, in mainstream media at all. A community that I've never come across any of the movies or TV shows that I've really watched, apart from maybe a couple of them in recent times. And it kind of highlighted, like, so uh, TikTok allows you to, like, highlight your culture and, like, it groups you up with your community, but it also allows other people to see, like, the community of from so i got to ex- like experience and i got to witness something that i would have never come across on any other social media pa- platform or even through uh, popular culture or through like movies or tv shows or anything like that yeah uh, so finally wh- how we look uh, us especially people from our social 
uh, standing how we look at the content itself and what it means because what is construed as cringe uh, according to me and do feel free to correct me if i'm wrong is uh, constructed by people that have the most amount of power and have the most amount of say uh, voice because uh, i'll give you an example so you have uh, classical dances in india right and you have folk dances in india now classical dances and folk dances often have histories that are not very different from each other in fact folk dances are actually oftentimes older than classical dances and yet what becomes classical dance is whose dance it is for example bharatnatyam or carnatic music in south india has been explicitly uh, brahmin from its inception right and because these are people that had a social standing much higher than people that practiced so called folk dance cultures it was different i'll give an example of odisha uh, odissi is extremely upper caste which is the which is one of the which one of india's six or seven classical dances on the other hand uh, odisha also has 40 or something folk dances all of them tribal most of them at least and these are dances that have a long long uh, history which odissi in a way does not because it is very concentrated on being this devotional dance form of expression through various means but at its core it is a devotional dance form towards the lord jagannath right and people when you make this argument uh, people say that folk dances are construed as folk dances because they talk about everyday stuff while classical dances talk about greater philosophy like uh, in carnatic music or all the other classical dances and musics you have across uh, india they always talk about something philosophical about god about what it means to live while folk dances and folk music is always about say harvesting crops or death just the usual stuff or marriage and what occurs to me is when you are in a situation where your everyday revolves around survival you will have no time to think about god and philosophy so that cannot be an argument to say that some dance form or music form can be higher than another because by definition you are not allowed access into that because you do not have enough to first survive similarly we have also constru- constructed tiktok content as cringe because people like us i think have viewed certain kinds of popular culture as always nasty because how much people enjoy it or because of our, because of our own preconceived notions where we feel our content on twitter or instagram which is far more personal or talks about stuff like mental health issues or uh, other such stuff is far more relevant and therefore important while if you just dance and uh, sing or lip sync about some weird hindi song then somehow you're more cringe what do you think uh okay so the thing is there's a i get where you're coming from and i understand the context you put forward in terms of uh, classical dance in odia uh, in odisha and folk folk dance in odisha but the but the crucial difference between this uh, like even for classical music carnatic music uh stuff like that what what was necessary before and what ensured what uh, what ensured its uh, survival or what ensured its popularity was the kind of patronage it got yeah folk art 
folk music did not get patronage from uh, emperors and get, did not get royal patronage or patronage from rich people it was uh, it was it was these art forms that got a certain amount of patronage and therefore went on to become classical and went on to become a certain form of elite art form i don't think tiktok as a medium suffers from that because uh, i think it is highly uh, self centered and egotistical of us to believe that just because we think certain content is cringe it won't work on tiktok even after this whole controversy of youtube versus tiktok with kali minati calling that guy certain slurs and whatever and then shitting on tiktok as, on as in like tiktok as a platform in general it is it still doesn't matter to the people who use tiktok and to the people to the content creators and content consumers of tiktok itself because they are on tiktok for different reasons tiktok is providing a demo, like in, i feel it is very democratic in this way that even like I, even though i am not a person who uses tiktok it doesn't matter to the average person who does the average person from a tier 2 or tier 3 city in india who does use tiktok it is it is their usage that is important and not our lack of usage which was not the case uh, for folk art or folk music before folk art or folk music before uh, was effectively suppressed because there were certain people not subscribing to it and their non subscription itself affected the popularity but right now the fact that the middle class or upper middle class or uh, higher classes of india uh do not subscribe to tiktok or do not subscribe to its content has n- no impact whatsoever on the content creators and content consumers of tiktok who do okay which is a very crucial difference and which is what i feel makes that platform extremely democratic and at the end of the day it doesn't matter to them what we think is cringe or what we think is stupid over there because like uh, i follow a lot of pages on instagram which post cringe tiktoks okay like where people have created very weird shit and they put it out but that that thing like that content still has an audience and that audience itself like the people who are who compose that audience for them it doesn't matter that i think something is cringe my opinion on it that is in no way relevant to their perception of that content it is because such people are out there that this content is out there is how i Yeah no you you entirely right but i meant it from our perception only uh, of course it does not affect them uh, that i understand i meant from our perception only because uh, even our own audience would be people from that social status right and i meant it from uh, a means of self reflection of why we think it is cringe it obviously will not affect tiktok in any major sense because a lot of us also will eventually join tiktok like when instagram for example came up I was very resistant to join it. Now I spend half my day on Instagram. So stuff like that happens. Obviously, the popularity will increase. But at the current state, the way we look at it is what I was arriving at. That we should not. The way we look at something as cringe or too popular or not good enough is often described by our own idea of power and how much of it we have, how much of a voice we have in the echo chambers that we live in. True, that was true, basically true. the point like another example of this can be what constitutes uh, for cringe on reddit is very different from what constitutes as cringe on instagram or what constitutes as good content on sites like reddit and 4chan which are primarily male dominated to a lot, large extent a uh, lot of incel population if i might uh, like what th- there's a certain power dynamic and power hierarchy that is going on 
which they which they want to maintain a certain status quo that they want to maintain certain a certain uh, lens through which they look at the world which affects what they think is cringe or what they think is acceptable which might be wholly different from how it is on twitter or on instagram for example so yeah madish it's true yeah and as atish said i think people just want to have power over or control over like what is um you know entertaining and what is like non cringy like uh good um content to have like a voice to like say that uh, this is what's right and this is wrong and also take that uh voice away from people who actually haven't had that in the past i guess it's just we, we aren't used to uh people from other classes uh you know expressing themselves and expressing their uh yeah creativity so since we are not ex- used to it we think that we have the power over uh the content and what it should look like and we don't want to lose out on that and that's why we tom you know so in a way a company coming out from a communist country is making us think of class so <laughs> yeah yeah uh anyway yeah so uh, what i wanted to say was uh keeping all of this in mind and especially the fact uh, of techno authoritarianism and what happens whenever you post something political and it gets taken down by tiktok and it is also that it is china's soft power so to speak where it does not have to use any sort of even diplomacy for the world to be influenced by china through this social media platform how do you see the political sense in india playing out here because if in a country where we already have which br ambedkar i think said uh, democracy in india is being thrust upon people because they don't have this sense and that will make them better people obviously he did not anticipate that we will come up with uh, such great technology so how do you see that playing out because if in a country like this where we already have a view of politics where you're not allowed to say certain things generally right from birth because you are supposed to just have all these correct opinions where you respect everyone and you are on a platform especially from a tier 2 tier 3 cities where that is even more uh, the social stigma that you have with being political in any sense that does not directly affect uh, the correct opinions and things get taken down you just be apathetic to another degree is how it occurs to me and on the other social media sites like twitter and instagram apathy at least in our circles is not so much because people are getting more and more political on those other social media platforms while the social media platform that majority of india now at least seems to me to be on will get more apathetic and how does that affect our politics okay that's a very complicated question atish thoda tldr kar uska okay <laughs> no i said uh, first of all that our democracy is skin deep and it has been thrust upon us right mm. and because of that democratic sensibility in india does not extend beyond voting at least in people that are not educated in liberal arts like us right people that even our friends even my friends that are studying engineering or stuff they will obviously say why do you have to say those opinions they don't matter you can just keep them to yourself in a context like that especially in tier 2 tier 3 cities where these kind of education centers are far fewer where you get to have critical thought and all of that and this is the kind of social media that is taking over where all sort of political opinion is getting 
the example I gave where uh, it got taken down because it criticized China, how does that affect a country like India where already there is stigma against political opinions of certain kinds? And now will it not breed more apathy when on the other hand, on the India that we live in, people are getting less and less apathetic on platforms like Twitter and Instagram whenever something political happens. So won't there be a clear divide between the two kinds of youngsters, if you will, that you will find in India because of certain social media activity, among other things, but also this. Okay. Uh, To a larger extent, I feel that uh, the people who are on Instagram or on Twitter and the people who are in our social circles primarily are uh, kids and teenagers and young adults who are generally well off, yeah, who are people who have houses to live in and who are usually not that like the families are not that much in debt they're financially stable and are people uh, who can look beyond earning from hand to mouth yeah we are not people who are living our political ideology we are not people uh, who the politics of india affects directly yeah that is why certain we use certain platforms to voice our political opinions and we uh, use certain platforms to state what our political beliefs are because we have no opportunity to live our political belief to live our political opinion out there because we are we are we come from a relatively privileged uh, background all of us uh, but people from tier two tier three cities a lot of people on tiktok are not like that okay yeah. a lot of them are using tiktok as an escape from their daily life which their daily life is political turmoil what they're living is politics it politics of any sort affects them directly okay so if you're talking about migrants for example there are several uh laborers and there are several people there are several construction workers on tiktok who who do great stuff who mine things who act uh who act who dance who lip sync to things all right these people are on tiktok as a means of escape they are using tiktok as a mean means to just live and be human about what they are feeling yeah for them because for them politics is a part of daily life the politics is a matter of life and death who they vote for is dependent on uh, who the gunda is of the place they are living who gives money during a certain election campaign who makes certain policies which help them live a slightly more dignified life and they they live out their politics they have no reason to put their political opinions on a social media platform because their political opinions are a matter of life and death for them and they live them out for for them social media when it was released to them it is a form is a means of entertainment it's a means of looking at videos looking at content for fun and trying to get their mind off things from their daily life for us social media and such platforms are platforms for activism which is not the case okay which is a fundamental difference in which in the way we look at our politics and the way politics affects us and the way uh, politics in general affects them and therefore our very uh, our, our base use of that medium differs the intention behind the usage of that medium differs okay, yeah so in a way we live a political life and we go to social media to be political and they live and they live political lives and they come to social media to be apolitical. Okay, yeah, Amrita. You as a person that uh, is from the same social status as people that use Instagram and Twitter, 
or the first and you're also witnessing this uh thing that is happening on tiktok where it is being democratized internet is being democratized to uh people that have historically not had such an opportunity how does it feel to witness it if i may say so because obviously it's a lot of fun while it's all happening but for you how is this experience different so i think i can see both sides uh, of what you guys are talking about like uh, i can see the uh, activism side of instagram and uh, twitter and also the pressure to be to use your platform to you know uh, talk about these issues because it's like as you said we are very well aware of our privilege now so it's almost like you have to use your platform to talk about these things but on the other side you have obviously people uh using it for fun and there is definitely a divide as artist as you said there is definitely a divide uh between people when it comes to uh the youth or even just people in general how they use social media but i think even among the privileged there is also a divide like with people who do you know i think our close social circles are using um social media as a platform to you know kind of uh for activism but there is definitely another side to it where people are completely apolitical and uh it doesn't really matter to them uh, so i think there is um if you watch the movie uh, rangde basanti right so i think that the movie came out at a time where there was like there a there was a lot of apathy among uh the youth or the youngsters and there was not much of activism back then i mean we, we also didn't have uh, social media that was you know a- as accessible back then but also it wasn't as uh, huge activism wasn't as huge as soon as the movie came out though they said that they called the rdb effect where uh, people started involving themselves in politics more and speaking up a lot more i think this is like a cycle that just keeps happening in a couple of years where people you know they are uh, quiet down and they don't really speak up and then suddenly you know they have a lot of access and they have they have so much news and they have so much uh, information as thrust upon them that they feel the need to like use their platform to kind of you know to uh, change the world <laughs> okay before we sign off do you think uh, therefore us being political is, Im- is immoral because it does not affect us <laughs> i'm just curious uh, i don't think so because see i still sometimes think about how you know if i'm talking about certain issues if it's really helping you know if it's actually like if i'm doing anything with the fact that i'm yeah. reposting stories or i'm making yeah. like twitter threads and i'm retweeting and shit like that like all, all i can say is the only pro is that i am becoming a better person i'm not being you know like completely apathetic and completely you know disor- uh, like in my own world i guess and just completely ignoring what's happening out in the uh, real world so that's all i can say i don't know if it's really helping because the same people who are apathetic and apolitical will stay that way yeah also the thing is uh, when you're apolitical yeah you basically in accordance with the status quo of the time you're you're basically you're essentially saying i'm okay with things as they are all right but when the things as they are are problematic when when the things are uh, oppressive to a certain extent and you recognize that oppression and then you choose to do something about it i do not think that is morally objectionable Ju- uh, uh, like objectionable because just because the status quo uh, like 
uh, helps you or like is in your favor does not mean uh, that the you cannot speak for the people it is oppressing or you cannot speak or spread awareness about the people it is not working for because uh, in an ideal democracy in a in an ideal state of society it uh, people should not be oppressed people should uh, should be allowed to live their life in a manner they choose to live in and they should not need to live in a state or uh, in a society that prefers a certain class or group of people over the other and if it if the privileged do not speak out no one will it is only the privileged who have the power to speak out the platform to speak out the people who are being oppressed have no platform or power anyway they will continue to remain see see that is the thing where that is the place where i differ because all lasting change has been brought out by people that are affected by it and not by us i understand what you're saying okay i get it what i am saying is uh, even though that that revolution that change itself needs to come from the oppressed people there's a certain uh, there's a certain part of the uh, people who are not being oppressed who need to agree with the person who is oppressed okay so like for example uh, a lot of revolution in uh, women education in india which was spearheaded by uh, jyoti bafule and his wife uh, a lot of Uh, education for girls education in india a lot of it was successful primarily because jyotiba was able to successfully convince the fathers and the males in the girls families all right it is only it is only when that is done that the oppressed can have enough leeway to rise up and you know change the status quo for that to happen and for them to get that leeway the privileged have to speak out against their own privilege in that sense yeah but what i was trying to say is uh, if you see this company um, like vedanta in uh, they tried to come to odisha to establish this um, aluminum mining plant because odisha has a lot of bauxite uh, a lot of minerals and they took off they wanted to take away a lot of tribal villages they just protested the tribals protested for months and then vedanta was has never since tried to come to uh, odisha they were just entirely kicked off by the government so i meant in that sense that people who would have direct stake in the issue are mostly the ones that bring about change but yeah us talking about it is also very important from a social point of view if not essentially policy point of view okay yeah so atharva concluded and then we can just fuck off <laughs> Nothing man TikTok's a very cool platform it has certain privacy issues because it's chinese and uh, china is an authoritarian state uh, with a with a state surveillance policy which is problematic on a global scale but other than that other than those certain issues tiktok is in by itself uh, ironically a very democratic platform and it's a certain equalizer in terms of social media where it provides a medium for people uh, to express themselves and for people who have been previously not given a platform to uh, like it gives them a voice like yeah especially in a country like india where where we actually have at least two different indias one india of us of the corporate world and great riches and one india of deprivation yeah i just wanted to thank amrita for uh, agreeing to come on our podcast she's our first guest and we were very honored to have you on here man thank you i think uh, i like to say it the other way around i'm really honored to be here 
and uh, thank you so much for even considering me as a guest it was a lot of fun hear the raw discussion between both of you and the opinions you share so that was pretty cool thank you so much uh all right guys before we sign off i'd just like you to our listeners out there uh, i would just ask you to check out our uh, handle on instagram it's called sofi podcast uh we'll be we are putting out some pretty cool stuff and a lot of things are coming up uh in the future so stay tuned go follow it out and subscribe to this podcast on spotify google podcasts or apple whichever platform you're using if you haven't already so yeah man thank you thank you for listening Good night. Have fun.